0: welcome to story comic presents where we interview amazing storytellers and artists this is episode 214. i'm your host barney smith of storycomic.com and we're excited to have back with us the internationally acclaimed comic book creators of bigfoot knows karate dan price Damn. Hey, how's it going, y'all? How That's you far. doing? Thanks for having me on tonight. That's right. So the last time you were on, you're episode one hundred and one. Now you're okay. episode two hundred and fourteen. So oh wow, yeah. we've had a lot of episodes between then. I know. See, it's you know, it's, what happened was as soon as I had as soon as I had the comic book creator from Bigfoot Nose Karate show up, I just got inundated with all these other comic book creators who so say, "Hey, listen, if 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 Dan can come on the show, I mean, so this if if it passes the Dan test." This must be pretty oh, good. I thought whatever. it was going
1: to be like if Dan can get on anyone can, you know. So
0: <laughs> So so tough, Dan, so congratulations cuz yeah, cuz you you had your your kickstarter for Bigfoot Nose Karate. You're mm-hmm. the first one, chapter 1. It just when Gangbusters, you did it was amazing. You got a lot of a lot of feedback on that. Yeah. And now you're coming back with chapter 2 of Bigfoot Nose Karate called Born Under a Bad Sign. Correct. And that's being released um, as of this recording, October twelfth. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that'll be on Kickstarter, October twelfth, seven PM Central wow. Time. So, it, it's, so talk to us a bit about you know for our audience to let them know what can yeah. they expect for those that read Bigfoot Knows Karate Chapter One when they fight that when they fight Cthulhu. So, yeah. what is what can they expect in uh, in, in Chapter Two? Well, and
1: you know, well, first of all, I will say to anybody who is watching, and they want to check out issue one before the campaign starts. Go to globalcomics.com. You can read Bigfoot Nose Karate Number One for free uh, on Global Comics. So go check that out, and then also, and then there's a three page preview of chapter two. With that being said, there is, um, so yeah, when we last left our hero, he was not in good shape. Uh, the, uh, you know, after fighting Kung Fu Thulu, uh, you know, the, the, it was, it took it out of him, And then, you know, some things happened that I'm not going to go into because I want you guys to check out the comic, but Mm. let me just say that we pick up where we left off and our, our guy, you know, I think it's like this, if you were a Bigfoot and you lived in complete isolation, and that's all you knew and nobody cared to know you. Nobody, you know, nobody loved you. Nobody had any, you know, you were completely isolated and alone. What's worse being completely isolated or being surrounded by enemies? Because that's where we found our big foot in at this point at the, at the beginning of the story. And, uh, you know, the environment's completely changed. His, his situation is completely changed and he is, uh, he is captive in a bad situation right now. So, Um, so that's what you can expect. I, you know, me, I don't really like to, to, you know, drop a lot of uh, teasers, just because like, if y'all, you remember on the last campaign, all we talked about was Bigfoot versus Kung Fu Thulu. That's all we talked about. We just sold the book like it was a punch them up. And when you got to actually read the comic, you know, you you get to that fourth act and you're like, Oh my God, this is not what I, what I signed up for. And I'm glad I did. And, uh, you know, because, uh, so I will say this. Our man's going to be meeting a whole lot of other cryptid and kaiju this issue. Um, there's going to be thermonucleodon, the kaiju uh, kaiju monster with missiles growing out of his back. Okay, There's going to be Chupacabra with a shotgun. Uh, there's going to be a, a female character that shows up this issue that w- is featured on the cover that we have done by Alegria Uh Thermonucleodon versus Chupacabra was done. That cover is being done by Jevin Loop. Uh, We did four covers this issue. So, and I'll explain those in a little bit. Uh, And then there's another big bad and the cadre of people that have him. There's just so many characters. Whereas in the last issue, it was really just two or three characters in the book. Now we're blowing up the universe a little bit and getting a bigger idea of who our Bigfoot is and where he fits in this world.
0: Great. And so, so talk to us a little bit about that. So you in chapter two, you're kind of expanding out the world itself. Now, when you put this together, do you have an end game on this? Do you have a a whole meta plot already planned out?
1: Oh yeah, no, we're, we're, we're plotted out. The entire five issue arc is plotted out Mm -hmm. and done. Like we have our synopsis laid down for all of them. And then details that go into each one. We know where, what breadcrumbs need to be spread from issue to issue In order to like, oh, that happened in issue two or that happened in issue one and you're reading it in book four going, oh, I I remember that, you know, Um, we're really trying to, uh, we're really trying to, um, this is very planned out, I'll just put it like (laughs) that, this is very planned out. And then we already know where we're going with the second arc so um and and know how the first one needs to end in order for the second one to work properly so um casey and i have spent a lot of time talking about this book probably about three days a week we talk about this book for about 15 20 minutes a day you know uh that work three four days a week we're having some sort of discussion about it and uh you know which is great because when you're co-writing a project you know i mean communication is absolutely key and, uh you know, sometimes we, well, most of the time we see eye to eye. Sometimes we butt heads, you know, I think that's natural. And because Casey and I just dig each other so much, it's just always water under the bridge. Because at the end of the day, we want what's best for the book, you know, mm-hmm. and so we'll, he'll dig his heels in our, on some, or I'll we'll dig my heels in on some, or, you know, foot down, this is what we're doing, you know, and like the other one's like, damn it, this is funny. Cause like I, in the first book, we had a big old thing about the, uh, how Kung Fu Thulu breathed. Uh, Casey wanted to do this thing where he where he breathed all funny and the and the thing and it was really distracting. And then this issue, I wanted to have a character that had a symbiotic man eating Venus flytrap wrapped around him. And he was like, "That's just too far, dude." <laughs> you know, so you got to give and take. You got to give
0: and take. And and so, how was it like you as you made the story arc? How much did world building come into that as well?
1: Um. You know, I never think about it like
0: world building.
1: I hear that right. term a lot. And um, I like to think that this could take place in our world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, this isn't, you know, that we're dealing with, you know, I mean, a, gener- a generic 2022. But right. uh, at the same time, I mean, I guess we're talking back, his, we're talking history of the character and we're talking about where he fits in and into a larger plot there's a lot of mythology that we use in this story okay um there that will be braided in throughout and so uh mythology that we've created and mythology that we've taken from you know from history you know or you know from different regions in the world so um you know trying to weave a story of a bigfoot doing karate that has, uh, that has a lot of historical myth- mythological ties to it. Um, I think that because we, we're working in established worlds and established lore, um, that makes it a lot easier. But then you have to figure out how do you marry this with that and make it work properly and be respectful to where you're coming where you know, from where it's coming from in the first place. And then, you know, and then the rest of it we're shooting from the hip. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, because it's like, we know our plot, you know, I'm just not good at the world building question, Barney. Cause it's like, I've never thought about, I've never thought about it from that way. And I, I know some creators that talk about, you have to spend months, years working your world before you start writing your book. And for me, that's just not how I work. Like right. for me, I'm like, I start with a title. I start with a character and then work around that, you know and right. figure out what world this character needs to exist in rather than how does the character exist in this world? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's not a, right. it's, it's more centric towards the character, um,
0: yeah. And so, so as you created, as you said, Bigfoot knows karate, you have already established the, the, the cryptid aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Are you now, do you feel as a writer, you're kind of forced into introducing other cryptids just for say fan service or for the fact that we've already established Bigfoot, like you said, like a chupacabra. And, and do you feel as though that we have to play out this theme?
1: I don't we have to play out this theme, not for fan service, but purely right. for the story, okay? okay? And because when you when you um, as you read the as you read the story and we go, we go on issue to issue, you will see that all these cryptid and Kaiju, are very important to the overall arc. So it's not okay. like we're just throwing in a chupacabra with a shotgun because we want to, you know, hey, I want to see a chupacabra in the next issue. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, i dig a chupacabra right. with a shotgun. I think he's rad. But uh, the but no, it all plays out to something bigger. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've already under, we already have taken the concept that the, this, this, you know, it's a Bigfoot doing karate. We're very unconventional here. You know, I mean, so, you know, there's going to be, I think Casey said it to him the best. When we were writing this issue, he said to me, Don't you think we're going a little off the rails here? Excuse me. And what I said back to him was, dude, we have a Bigfoot doing karate. We've been off the rails since page one. You know, I mean, <laughs> and and that that mentality is what worked for us. I mean, honestly, because it's not that we're trying to do weirder stuff each issue, you know, to see if we can get a bigger rise out of people or something like that. But I think we set the bar. Um, we set the bar at a place where we can have some fun with it. You know, it's not like we're trying to meet the, ne- the first issue because there are two different stories all tied into one thing. The first issue was very much, you know, the introductions, uh, punch them up and reveal. Okay. And then the second issue, we've got to as- kind of explain some of this stuff. So there's a good amount of exposition in this book too. Not like we're going to sit there and give you the history and, you know, and that sort of thing, but the characters playing out their scenes. And, you know, explaining to us, you know, through their conversations and their actions, who they are and what they do. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with
0: that. So as you brought up like introduction and doing exposition, are these, as you mentioned, are these writing techniques to say, all right, if you're going to have a five issue arc or even have a six issue arc, or if you're doing that is this something that more that more of the savvy comic book writers can kind of see the the sauce that you and Casey are making to say, all right, intro, exposition, probably episode uh, you know, chapter three is going to cover this aspect of a comic book writing technique?
1: I mean, there's a hero's journey here, you right. know, I mean for sure. Right. So it's uh the you know so there's going to be some pieces that are paced out where you'd expect them to be you know there's going to be other things that happen that you're going to be like oh that's a left turn um you know i mean look casey's a writer's writer he's he's fantastic i've been writing since i was a creative uh, writing influence in my english degree in college you know Mm -hmm. i've written a lot of different things you know whether it be comic books short stories novella whatever um i even wrote a play that was entirely in movie quotes you know I, and I think we talked about that yeah so you know we've you know we've been around you know and uh so it's like um what i've come to the conclusion of with this book is you know you hear right people tell you you know write what you know i i know comedy comics this is right what you don't know this mm-hmm. is stretch your brain stretch your imagination and do something different you know so with that being said I mean, if if a if a, writer, if a if a skilled writer can pick up on what we're doing, mausole, I think that's great. That means they're very good at what they do. If they if they can just enjoy the story, that'd be just as good, you know. Um, but you know, I, I think that you know, there's often times where people compare this to that. Like somebody has said, I was listening to a review of the uh, of the first issue, and somebody had talked to me uh, talked about uh, the book Berserk, which is a manga. I've never read it. But uh, they said, you know, the, the guys who wrote this book, you know, may or may not have read Berserk, but either way, they got it, they, they got, they understood the pacing of how to do that journey and all of that stuff. And, you know, so I was like, all right, well, that's a compliment. (laughs) you know i mean what else are you going to say to that you know i mean like hey they may or may not read berserk and they screwed it up that would have been worse so
0: (laughs) but as you mentioned so you and Casey have been working together for a while now um yeah how has your your partnership your writing partnership evolved since uh chapter one
1: well i mean i think in chapter one you know i came to the table with a lot of it kind of banged out in terms of what the plot was going to be and where you know, uh, certain things. And P- Casey really took on the pacing of the book and, you know, getting, you know, getting the fight scene, how it needed to be. And then I kind of had the front end and then the back end and we worked out the, uh, there was this, I don't remember if you read the book, but you know, there was uh, the scene where they're, um, where they're going in between planes of reality. And so, you know, Casey and I worked that together and he had a lot of input on that. This issue um, while the plot was something that, you know, I had worked out a lot of already, we worked that out together, and Casey really has taken the reins on writing most of the book in terms of, you know, getting it all together, and then I go back in, and, you know, we work a little bit here and there, mostly fudge with the dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's something that I'm really big on is, you know, working the dialogue, uh, so I, I wanted to give him more, you know, uh, give him more space at the same time such a control freak that's not always easy for him i'm sure he's probably we get off the phone and he's cursing me or something like that but you know he's 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 fantastic i mean i'm he's he's just he's great to work with it's it's, a, it's been a dream
0: and and so talk to us a little bit about what you can tell us from chapter two as we as we mentioned earlier you do have um but you do introduce new characters as well yes
1: yes um we introduced a slew of new characters characters that tie into the people that captured Bigfoot at the end of issue one and ca- uh, the people and, and then characters that have been captured, you know? Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of those. And, um, and then, yeah, a lot of monsters, Yeah, a lot of monsters. Uh, I, you can expect that for sure, but uh, some good action. I would have to say some good action, a couple little twists here and there. And, um, and I think that when you read when you I mean, look, it starts just right into action. And, uh, you know, I think once you see the the first little twist that we pull off, then you're all right, I'm in. I'm in, you know, I mean, because, you know, I did you read issue one? Yeah Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you we we had some twists in that book. You know, we it even started off with who's going to kill the rabbit. You know, right at the first issue. You know, uh, in the first few pages, and it just kept twisting and twisting as we went until you know we got to the ending. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I've just had I had people DM me, call me, like, what are you thinking? You know, at the ending of the book, like that's insane. Uh, so I'm glad people liked it. I'm glad they. I'm glad that they were able to appreciate the you know more than a fist fight you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that it was more than a martial arts book and people were stoked for that fact so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm real grateful of that i mean seriously <laughs> i don't know what else to say because i mean like seriously i'm just beaming thinking about it like <laughs> they like it they really liked it <laughs>
0: you know and you you did mention in previous interview that you're looking at just not doing a lot of add-on swag on this it is no T-shirts, No, that you're pretty much going to stick with things that you can fit in a, what'd you say in a Gemini box?
1: Yeah. I said that in the last, I'm standing firm on that. The only thing that we did on the last campaign that didn't fit in a box was we did, we did do a T-shirt through T-Public. Mm. So that was, that was uh mailed directly from the manufacturer. And then I did a um, commissions tier. And so nice. and I, since I draw digitally, we had uh, I had them, I did them in color and they were completely, you know, unique to i didn't reuse artwork or anything like that it was just bigfoot art you know unique to each one and then i had them printed on canvas and shipped okay. those directly from the manufacturer so i actually everything i packed up just fit right into a gemini mailer and so we're using the same mentality except no t-shirts this time right. so it, it's literally if i can fit it into a short box or a gemini mailer because we're doing an eight uh, an eight pack this issue where you can get okay. the covers from issue one and the covers from issue two all in one package. So I'll okay. get a bit of a different box for all of that. But um, you know, but yeah, my rule is fitted in one mailer and that's it because I'm again, I think I said before I was cheap. I'm my own artist for that reason. I'm also, you know, trying to keep costs down where I can. And, you know, the cost of shipping has just gotten ridiculous and right. um, trying to, you know, so I don't want to roll or uh, fold posters. That always irritates me when, you know what I mean? When you get the poster and it's folded and that kind of thing, that's, you know, even if it has a professional fold and I generally won't hang it on my wall if it Mm -hmm. has a fold in it. So, you know, we did, we did these last time they were just little mini prints. And so, and people went, went gaga over these last time and Mm -hmm. uh, we did these, and so they came in like with the variant covers, you got, you know, you got the mini prints with, with your book. And, uh, and like, a tr- you know, and then we did trading cards and stickers and stuff for the, for the uh, stretch goals and that sort of thing. But uh, so we're going to do more of these this time around, because really, I, I think we did two last time. I think we're going to probably do three or four of this go around uh, and offer some set in the packs and then some for uh, if we if we're lucky enough to get the stretch goals, then we'll include those into stretch goals or something like that.
0: You are talking about putting in like different variant covers as well, more mm-hmm. this time around. Yeah.
1: yeah, we did. We did. So last time we had two regular editions and then the two deluxe editions. That that formula worked well for us, so we're going back to the well on that one too. Uh, because the regular edition will be a thirty-three page uh, book this time around, and then uh, and I have I pro- provide the uh, the regular co- the irregular edition cover, and then the variant cover is done by a gentleman named Zip Allegria. And uh, it's stunning artwork, stunning artwork. Mm. And then um, we also have um, the two deluxe editions uh, one cover by Jevin Loop. And then uh, Ma- uh, Adam Caswell did the variant deluxe uh, for issue two or for issue one. So he's back for issue two with a wraparound cover this time, uh, okay. which is also just incredible work. So uh, and the deluxe editions, how they differ from the regular editions, those will be 44 pages, maybe wow. 48. I think we might have to extend it a little bit. Um, but, you know, that won't cost them, any, you know, the backer any difference. You know what I mean? Well, that's negligible. We'll we'll cover that cost for sure. But we're going to we did in the last campaign, we did the uh, we did the 44 pager. And so in that it had not only art you know, the, the comic book but it also had uh, fan art pages. Okay. We, we got a lot of really amazing fan art in the first gal and the first campaign. And so we wanted to, you know, celebrate that and show that off to everybody too. So we got that and that was really cool. And then the other thing that we did in the, uh, the other part of it we did was the director's commentary. So you could click on the QR code and it would take you to a YouTube video where we talk in depth about the comic book, because like Mm -hmm. I said, we, we sold this as a punch them up. We never really explained to y'all anything that we were doing. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, so this was our, that was our opportunity to really talk about the book at length and go into the details of, of things. And, you know, we did a round table discussion. We had like five people on the call and we, we just did it over zoom screen share and just talked it out. and people dug that. I mean, the, you know, people really enjoyed it. So we're, we're going to do that again for issue two. Um, right. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. if, yeah. So we'll have a bunch of new artwork that we're going to do. I'll have some sketches in the back and Adam's going to put some art in the back, you know, and we'll have some other, uh, you know, draw this in your style fan art stuff that'll go back there too. So so a really right. beautiful piece by Dennis Valencia uh, that was drawn in the, Sin City, in the style of Sin City um, because I'm a big Frank Miller fan and he knew that. So he did this Frank piece, you know, of, uh, of, Bigfoot and it was just Amazing
0: So you know with that moving forward Where do you see Where do you see like as the As the characters being like The masthead character being Bigfoot Mm -hmm. Do you Foresee as a writer and A fan also of Of the characters Do you see one that's going to be introduced Who's going to be like this is probably going to I can't wait for issue four I can't wait when people get introduced to is there something on there that you're just kind of like chomping at the bit that you can't wait for the readers to discover?
1: Well, I think yeah, I think that y'all are gonna like the uh, the 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 female character that we bring in an issue to. I think mm. that she is very interesting. Um, yeah, there's a few things. There, I mean, it's not really that this one character. I can't wait to introduce them. It's more like instances, mm. it's moments, you know, it's explanations. It's things like that that will, you know, peel back the layer a little bit, uh, each issue. And what we're going to do also is, so Adam, who did, you know, this cover here, uh, he is going to be doing interiors on a side story that we're going to do that uh, takes place in, you know, in Bigfoot's past. And it's going to shed some light on, you know, uh, you can call it a prequel or it's not a zero issue. I can tell you that. I don't I'm not a fan of zero issues. Uh, the uh, I mean, um, it's a chapter, you know, it's right. just another chapter that happened previous to the first book. And we're going to have hopefully we're going to have several of those done by different artists that we can explore different things that will may help make the, the will help fortify the, the the arc as well as just be a fun story that you can read on its own and just have a good time with it. Because like I said, we've already, we've got the second arc. We know where that's going. We're thinking a lot right. about how we're going to do that, how we're going to pull this off for the long term.
0: So like from a sociological perspective, where do you think the the draw is where how Bigfoot knows karate was able to touch a certain chord with so many people of why do, you know, what is it do you think that draws draws people to Bigfoot Nose karate
1: well I first want to say thank you Instagram okay thank you Instagram for uh helping us find an audience and supporting the comic and drawing the character you know I think that what happened was by the time we launched the first campaign we had already had 60 pieces of fan art sent to us right okay it's over a hundred now okay and it's been and people have just gotten, you know, what they kind of, you know, it just went a little viral for a minute there and people really got into it. Um, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, I think the the, the concept, you know, of Bigfoot doing karate, the title Bigfoot Knows Karate, it just grabbed people's attention. Um, Mark Bernal from uh, Lesser Known Comics will say that he told me one time, you got the best you got the best elevator pitch I've ever heard because it's all in the title. You know, he goes, I use it as examples when I'm doing, uh, like I'm doing, uh, you know, talking with people about, you know, about how to do comics. Uh, He always talks about my elevator pitch, just the title alone. Um, I think that that was really, you know, I think the title was, uh, it worked well. I think it it Mm. just grabs people's attention. The character's interesting enough to look at. The, you know, there's enough mystery about how did he learn martial arts that people get excited about it. And um and that, honestly, that's a question I'm not even interested in answering for a good long time. Because I don't, th- you know, I don't think that's the most interesting part of the character. Mm. You know, I, I, I think there's so much more to the character than just learning how he did, how he, you know, how he learned to do, you know, him doing a kata, you know, as a young, as a young Bigfoot or something like that. There's just so much more to this character and i know that that's a question that everybody's been asking how did he learn the karate yeah just wait for a while we'll get there <laughs> you know what i mean because there's just there's so, to me there's so many other captivating points to the story um it's just funny because we'll have to answer it eventually i guess here's the thing when marvel did origin was the day that logan became a, a, uninteresting to me the one thing there was things you used to be able to count on bucky stayed dead gwen stacy was dead and you did not know who wolverine was these were like constants now wolverine's got like 1900 children you know i mean you know what i mean you know i mean gwen's alive and bucky's got metal arms and i want to keep some of that mystery i'm really i that 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 you know the thing that attracted me so much to wolverine was the fact was the fact that he didn't even know who he was right that's cool
0: right so where do you see social media fitting in the evolution of comics right now well
1: i mean i was having this discussion with another creator over dm today you know it's we're not just selling a comic we're selling ourselves and Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah, you have to, you have to engage and, uh, you know, which I'm not always the best on, on Twitter, you know, I'm usually not, you know, Hey, what's your favorite movie? Put it down in the comments. You know, I'm not, I don't do much of that. Um, the, uh, but you know, you do have to show enthusiasm for your project and you have to believe in your project and you have to put your best foot forward and you got to keep a positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's social media. Right. I mean, and, um, You know, I think that we, social media is one of those places. I mean, like for so many people, like during the pandemic, you know, we all made new friends and we, you know, we watched each other grow as craftspersons on, you know, in our books and stuff like that and seeing, um, seeing all that growth and it's turned, it's not just pitching your wares, it's finding a community Mm. and, you know, people who got your back, people who will give you critique and advice, you know, we'll, you know, take a moment to share or teach you, you know, so you can become better at what you do. Uh, I've I've been on both sides of that stick, you know, where I'm asking questions or I'm giving answers. Um, And like, and that's the thing, everybody, you know, we're, you know, there's very few uh, people who are doing this full time. You know, most of us have other jobs and we pull from different things. Like I know one cat who's, in sales and you know he's figured out how to do a distribution model with you know with you know different distributors and that sort of thing for his indie comic that's amazing you know i come from a world of marketing and advertising so for me social media is handled differently than it would might be for some other people um because i'm really looking at um you know looking at the analytics a lot differently you know i mean and i'm trying and i've kind of hone down when when what times to post on which platforms to yield the best results. And I mean, look, I'm no guru. Okay. I'm no guru at all, but trying to, you know, do my best to figure it out. Um, so social media is introduced, you know, I, I always knew uh, comic creators here in town, but I'm closer with people over on the Eastern seaboard, you know, Ooh. you know, over the last year, Casey, who I've never met, but I've known him for four years you know and we talk on the phone all the time you know we zoom on saturday mornings, like 7 a.m you know and we go through and do stuff that we need to do for the comic and all of that um so yeah i mean that's how i met my entire team adam he lives up in northern maine our plat paths were never going to cross he just happened to notice bigfoot knows karate on instagram started sending me artwork you know mm. it's like so, yeah, social media is important and, and how you attack it or handle it or attacks the wrong word, but how you handle it and handle yourself um, you know, stand up straight, you put on a good, put on a good you know fe- fresh face and you know be just be kind too right yeah. I, You know, I say that you know I write for a magazine in my day job as well. Uh, you know it, it's part of my job, I write for a magazine. And that's always like a piece of advice I always give to our readers. Just be positive. Be kind. Be kind. Mm. How hard is it? It doesn't cost you anything. You Mm. watch people on Twitter blow up about the latest She-Hulk episode. Or, you know, because an indie creator did something that looks too much like Wolverine. Let me tell you something, pal. They all look like Wolverine. Okay? (laughs) They're all the Punisher. Okay? It's so easy to just be nice. Right. Right. it's not you know so social media it gives you it gives you an opportunity to put your information out there but how you put it out there is so important and that's how it's going to help you get traction if you do it right
0: what would be your advice for those budding comic creators that want to get out there and start doing a kickstarter and say hey i got an artist i think i got a book together You know, I just listened to Dan Price talk about the marketing aspect of it um, and I'm not good at it. What would be your advice to those comic creators?
1: Okay. So my advice would be get your book going and show progress of your book as you're going. Okay. Mm. Don't have to show page for page. Just show a a panel, a panel here, a panel there out of, out of order. Okay. Just so you're giving, you know, show sketches, show things like that. Even if you want to show writing prompts and whatever, but if your if your Kickstarter's you know, an X month, well you tell, you start promoting your book nine months before, and I don't mm. mean like go look at our Kickstarter, you know, okay, just a little bit, keep it going all the time. You got to keep the drip mm. happening, and you know just um, and just keep you know post three five you know three times five times a week. On Instagram, You know, I mean, they say you got to post like three times a day on Twitter or something like that to gain any real traction. It's too much for me. But uh, the, uh, you know, it's, um, but keep the information flowing, uh, be engaging, ask questions, get people to comment on your questions and start building up a rapport with people. Uh, you know, on Instagram, if you have a question, DM someone. You know, what's the worst they're going to do? Not respond, but most everybody's going to at least give you some sort of answer to help you answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, so make friends and get, you know, and find people that you can, that are going to support you and you're going to support them. A good example is Chris, uh, Chris uh, Christopher Michael from Crit. Uh, he and I have become friends over the last year and we're doing our, our launches on the same night at the same time at the same live launch so you know we're gonna bring you know we're gonna bring our a game he's gonna bring his a game and we're gonna do we're gonna have a really great launch that night because chris takes the marketing about as seriously as we do you know mm-hmm. and uh so we're gonna do we're gonna probably i'll put it like this also you know we do we did live launch last time on the kickstarter okay so we we did the live launch on instagram and we, we pumped that up for like a month three weeks something like that before the event started just dropping graphics about it and that sort of thing. We had over 200 people watch that live that night. By the time we were done, there was uh, 200 people had walked through that room that evening and we had, uh, we invited creator uh, creators to keep coming into the room. We, there's four cameras, so we would have, you know, uh, so we would have two, three of them in and out every five, 10 minutes, bringing their audiences in, you know, and then they leave and then we bring another creator in that brings their audiences with them. And we, we made this, you know, we made this live work to the tune of, we asked for a thousand dollars in the campaign and we funded that thousand dollars in seven minutes.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, Instagram can be a really powerful tool. Uh, Twitter, if you're on Twitter, you know, there's Twitter spaces, get a conversation going, but Mm. do, something to engage people. I do a lot of live draws on Instagram. I'll just set up my camera and I'll just draw live on, on camera, whatever it takes, man, invite other artists in to draw with you. Okay. And so you're bringing their audiences in and people are getting to know you that way. You know, you don't have to be all salesman huckster the entire time, just talk, enjoy each other. And you'll, I think that yields results.
0: Right. Perfect. Now, another question for you, Dan is, where do you see conventions because you started this during during the pandemic yeah uh where do you see the value of conventions are do they still provide value to comic creators
1: i don't know um you know i mean i'll, I'll be honest with you i mean i've done conventions since i've this books come out and i mean and we've made money and it's been great but you know these conventions have turned into pop cons with you know every you know the saved by the bell cast or the teenage witch cast or whatever and right. so and when you know the comic book market it's so marvel dc centric that uh you know that they that swallows up everybody's eyeballs so what mm. are you left with you know there's you know you've got to find conventions that people if you're, you're trying to sell comics go to conventions that are that track comic book collectors. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to Baltimore Comic Con at the end of the month. And um, so that's a comic book convention like no other. I mean, the stars are the creators, and John Lug was Mamo. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's the, the, those the those are the those are the those are the stars are, you know, Frank Miller, Jim Lee are like the big names that are going to be there. But there's so many others. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to go check that out, at, you know, different state, different place. Uh, if you're solely trying to just sell comics, you'll find these small shows at the little, con- you know, the little hotel shows and things like that because people are more apt to to get involved in that because they're not trying to get Jean Luc Picard's signature for three hundred dollars mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So, um, so there's that. And then, you know, if, but the conventions are also really important for connecting with your audience and building your audience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can't look at them solely as I'm going to make money. You got you got to look at it from the networking perspective. You got to look at it from the money perspective because look, you got to fly there, you got to set up, you got to print, you got a hotel, food, Ubers, whatever you got to do. It's all expensive. Um, So you you know hopefully you know you go make some make some connections with some other companies and you know and you know meet some other you know meet some people that can help your book or take you to the to the next place. I don't know where the next place is. I love doing an indie created book, but you know, one day, hopefully, maybe I'll connect with a publisher that might be able to take Bigfoot Knows Karate for the next level. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: So this is great. That's some that's some great advice, Dan. So for those to as of this recording, uh, Bigfoot Knows Karate is going to be going out October twelfth. For those that to make this an evergreen podcast, if somebody's listening to this in a year from now, yeah. where can they find Bigfoot Knows Karate Chapter Two and Chapter One?
1: Okay, so currently you can find uh, Chapter One on uh, Global Comics, and that one's for free. I don't know if it's going to stay free forever, but it's going to. Uh, but you'll be able to find it there. Um, and then uh, you can get physical copies at MephistoComics.com. Uh, that's okay. currently where my physical physical books are. But if you ever can't reach, uh, you know, you have a problem, you know, some you know, I don't know, go to BigFootnotesKarate.com. Shoot me an email from there and uh you can um, it's got a an, an email section at the bottom that's the website right there and you, you know on this website you can also get t-shirts you can go to the art gallery you can go see the video for the campaign right there uh lots of cool stuff and uh but yeah now down at the bottom you just shoot me an email i'll i'll get you a comic even have to ship it out myself so
0: nice. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dan. It's, I'm very excited to check out the chapter two. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting.
1: Really yeah. Thank you so much, Barney, for having me on. I really do
0: appreciate it. Sir. Yeah. You're welcome. do Got to make a quick PSA as since Casey's not here, so people please do not put QR codes on electronic things, right? (laughs) You heard that, then yes. Oh my god,
1: he's on that. He's on that. What show was that on? Which would you
0: was that? I can't remember. I think that was on the Indie Corner, I think. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. He he went off. I was oh, like, was so, I was like in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, you're cracking me <laughs> up over here. <laughs> At least he didn't go on one of his rants about 90210 and the sis- traveling pants and the yaya sisterhood and all that stuff <laughs> that <easy> he
0: <laughs> goes on. So, He's yeah. a hoot. <laughs> um, so.